Welcome back to Shadows in the Limelight. I have been a fan of our guest for many, many years. Our guest for today's show is John Karabi. John is known for his work with The Scream, Motley Crue, Union, and Rat, just to name a few. John was recently on an acoustic storytelling tour in Australia and has been an extremely busy man with touring, working on his latest music with his single, Your Own Worst Enemy, but we spend the most of our time together discussing his latest book, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. We hear some detail on how that book was put together, and we also hear that a union reunion isn't entirely off the table. Links to buy the book are in our show notes, as well as links to John's latest music and tour. Let's let the interview with John roll. It is my pleasure to introduce John Karabi. Welcome to the show, John. How's it going? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, The book is Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. came out this week. Uh, Where'd you get the title? You know, it's funny. There's a, I I actually explained the title in the book, but um, my dad, unfortunately, I, you know, lost my father in 14, but um, he was like the king of like these really dry quips. And um, I, like one time we were talking and he said, uh, I was talking about a band that I, I was doing at the time, a band called Union. And I said, I felt really strongly about it and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I think my ship has finally come in. And my dad took a drag of his cigarette and he goes, well, if your ship's coming in, don't be at the airport. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was funny. Well, then I did a, later I did an acoustic record and um, my first solo record was an acoustic album. And half of it was songs that I had recorded, you know, in the past. And I reworked them acoustically. And then the other half was all new music. And I was kidding with him. And I said, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to call this record John Karabi's Almost Greatest Hits. <laughs> and we chuckled about it. And then he went, or you could call it Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. And... I didn't quite understand what he meant by it. He goes, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And um, so I kind of tucked it away. And when we were doing the book, I kind of, you know, actually going through all the editing process and all that, even prior to giving it to the publishing company, I kind of realized that my life has been a, a series of almost theirs you know what I mean whether it's marriages bands you know or being the king of uh, of being at the right place but always at the wrong time and um so when we decided we we were discussing the title of the book I said clearly it has to be horseshoes and hand grenades so everybody loved it and going to timing, I mean, I, I think your your life could have been probably put into about 14 books by now, but but why now for the book? I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I <clears throat> God, I, I started toying with the idea of a book probably 10 or 15 years ago. Um, my manager actually suggested it to me. Um and I took a couple of attempts at it and 
for one reason or another, I was just like, nah, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't quite right. Um, but then I started realizing that, I mean, you know, like every band on earth has done a book. Members of bands have done books. I mean, even in Motley, you've got, you know, The Dirt. You've got Nikki Six's uh, Heroin Diaries, Tommy Lee's book. Vince did a book. Um, you know, so I, I kind of put it off and I didn't want to do one because I felt like at that point I was jumping on a bandwagon. Um, but in 2019, I was in Australia. I did a run there. Paul Miles, my co-author, um, he sat with me and he said, you know, John, you've always been this, I don't want to say the word enigma because it implies something bigger, but um, he said, you've always been this kind of enigma that just, you come out of the woodwork, you say, hey, I got new music, and then you disappear again. And he said, you had a couple of chapters in the dirt. He goes, but for the most part, the music industry knows nothing about you. Um, so I was like, I, you know, I thought about it for a week or two. And then I called them on the phone. And I said, all right, you know what? If you want to try this, let's do it. And um, we and did. And, and it was weird. It was actually, it was like, okay, here it is. It's, it's, it's on paper now. And it was actually quite kind of refreshing to relive everything again and for lack of a better term cleanse myself do you know what I mean one thing with the dirt I mean I, I read the dirt when it came out and then recently within the last year I bought the audio book just to to kind of tune myself back into it but but one of the things with with Motley was obviously they they were one of the most notorious rock bands to where you you wonder about the integrity of the book it's four different perspectives but that was you know debauchery and I'll sense of the word you've you've lived a pretty clean life like how do you go about going back and going oh yeah that happened I mean I have to imagine that even though you've lived you know a clean life and didn't it wasn't always sex drugs and rock and roll for you it was I mean you played a lot of rock and roll and saw a lot of cities but I mean who do you who do you pack around you to to like bring up those moments you want to bring up you know it, I I gotta be honest with you like I, I give all that credit to Paul um if, if you know a little bit of backstory on Paul, he started a website called Chronological Crew. Okay. Uh, and he started it in 1995. And the way we kind of conducted this, um, we would literally do phone calls, you know, once every couple of weeks. And Paul would compile a bunch of questions. He really did all the research and he knew what to ask me to get me to open up and, and kind of fill in the blanks. You know what I mean? Um, and it was actually weird because he, he brought things up that I completely forgot about. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, shit. That's right. That did happen. Yeah. Here's what happened. And then I would, I would explain the story. Um, but it's weird. Like even now, like I, I just, I literally just got back from Australia and I saw Paul again. We were down there for two weeks. And um, it, it's funny. I find myself saying things or telling him other stories. 
And he and he, he was even laughing. He's like, dude, like, why didn't you tell me that when you were in the book? And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't remember until just right now. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it is, I, I have had a very full, um, a lot of really full experiences in my life. And, um, you know, again, I do apologize. I think in the beginning of the book, like, you know, if a time or a date is a little off, like it's just my, my 63 year old memory as best as I can recall, you know, tell the stories, but it's, um, it, it was awesome. I, Paul really did make it easy for me to fill in the blanks. Now I got, got my copy just, uh, actually just yesterday, I haven't made my way all the way through it. But one of the things that I wanted to point out in the book is, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I've read them all because there's obviously some that I haven't read between even the guys in Motley or, or any, you know, autobiography, but what it's been in some bands is just different band members bashing other band members almost to a fault just to try and sell more books. But yours is more, more or less just an account of your life. And if there's somebody in recent time periods who could have had some animosity for a better term against some guys in bands, uh, I think it could have been you, but you didn't do that. Or at least, at least as far as I've gotten, you haven't appeared to, um, it, it, it's I not mean, my mo buddy uh, like i i just you know to me like when things happen it's water under the bridge move on you know what i mean um and i have no ill will at all contrary to popular belief for the motley guys i mean in the grand scheme of things like the fact that i'm still here i i've got a book i'm still touring i'm still putting out new music you know t- to be honest with you portion of that or a big portion of it is due to the fact that I was for that five years the other singer in Motley Crue right so I I I realize that you know maybe to some degree I mean there's always talent you know or whatever but having that tag has actually given me a little more longevity and I'm, I'm not stupid I realize that um you know but it the idea wasn't for me to bash anybody or throw anybody under the bus. This was just me explaining how I felt when I was going through all these amazing highs and these amazing lows. Um, again, I have no ill will towards Nikki, Tommy, Vince, Mick, any, any of the bands that I've been in, any of the wives that I've been with. Um, it, that's not my intent at all. It's just to explain my thought process and how my stomach was feeling and how stressed or not stressed or just how I was feeling trying to sort through all this shit. You know what I mean? And that's so, so much different than the opinion of so many other people when they bring it up. It's almost like they don't want to bring up anything from the past because if there's pain they have to relive it but for you you said it was like therapeutic going through it all and i mean even just in recent time period i mean i i don't expect you to comment on this but like the portrayal of you in the dirt movie was brutal and like it, it I, just i mean i get that that's a biopic it's not trying to be 100 percent there no and, even... and, and i i don't disagree i kind of to be honest with you, i wish they would have just left me out of the movie altogether yeah I, right I think, I think i you know other than the fact that they mentioned me for, Oh, off and on for maybe three or four minutes 
I mean, my screen time or the guy that played me was what, if you blink, you know, 20 seconds. So just, you know what, just brush over it. But that's how they choose to live their lives. Um, I'm, I'm a different, you know, I, I'm a different guy altogether. It's refreshing is what it is. And that music has stood the test of time. I think that had that album, and I think I, I've heard you quoted as saying this, but had that album been under a different name other than Motley Crue, I think it would have been awesome because I, there, there's a lot of Motley Crue fans that hear that album now and think it's one of the best works against it's, you know, stands toe to toe with some of the other great albums they've done. And the fact that it has some longevity and it, you know, it, it's getting up there in age now, but it, it's still a great record. Um, but, and, and you are putting out new music. But one thing I want to get to is I, you mentioned, you just recently went to Australia, but right before that you did creatures fest. And what I'm hoping for that you're going to tell me is that you and Bruce Kulick got together and said, we're going to bring union back. We will be right back after this. Ever wonder what it's like to mix business with pleasure? Then welcome to Happy Hour Holidays, where every episode is a celebration of stories, insights, and laughter. Join us, Sean and Manny Fabre, as we chat with fascinating guests from all walks of life, sharing their stories, uncovering secrets to success, and of course, enjoying a good laugh over a drink or two. So if you love engaging stories and a touch of humor, hit subscribe and dive into Happy Hour Holidays. Your adventure starts now. No, <laughs> dang it. You know, you know, it, 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 it's not, I'll just say this now. It's not off the table. The okay. band actually never split up. It was just, we were fighting to make ends meet at the time. And we all just got offered better gigs. Bruce got offered Grand Funk Railroad. I got offered Rat. And Brent and Jamie got offered, oddly enough, Vince Neil. Um, right. And it was it was just a way for us to make money, take care of our families. And and, um, you know, so we never split up. It wasn't a thing where we were bickering or fighting or didn't get along at all. It was just circumstances. So, um, you know, obviously we're seeing the. Um, the positive reaction to the vinyl releases that just came out. Right. Uh, I think. They just did the first record and the two studio albums uh, on vinyl and they sold out in like a day. Um, they're getting ready to release the uh, Live in the Galaxy album, the live album. And, um, you know, so we see the positive feedback. We see the reaction. Um, so I'm not taking anything off the table. It's just with everybody's schedule right now, it's a little difficult to... It's a little difficult to uh, make any sort of plan. Yeah, especially when all you different guys have got so many things going on and and, and things like that. But um, when you went to Australia, I think I I went on, looked at some clips. Um, Your touring drummer right now is your son. Is that right? Yes, he did. He didn't come with me, though. Okay. Um, I just went over and did um, uh, like five or six kind of acoustic storyteller you know to kind of coincide with the book right uh, I mean I've been doing acoustic shows for the last couple of years but it, it just worked out I went over to Australia I got booked to come over and do an acoustic thing 
right around the same time the book was coming out. So we really just made it about the book, telling stories and 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 just having a little fun. So it, it, with you and and I, I'm a big fan of your unplugged record, and I've it, I've seen some of the clips just recently, and, and you were in my neck of the woods not too awful long ago with the acoustic show. Do you enjoy the heck out of that, or I mean, it, I mean, would you rather just crank up the amps, or is it nice to have a little bit of both? I like both. You know what I mean? The the acoustic thing is fun. It's easy. I literally show up, plug in, tune my guitar. There's no set list, no rhyme or reason for anything. I just kind of get feedback from the audience. Like I was doing a show in um, when I was in Australia, somebody yelled out uh, October morning wind. And I'm like, hey, I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I'll give it a shot. And I actually managed to get through the song um, <laughs> flub free. But, um, you know, it's just it's just easy. Um, like my son is actually, uh, when I'm not working, he tours in another band called rehab. Okay. Um, and then my other, my the other guys in my band are out right now with Ace Freely. So everybody's kind of doing other things. Once we have some time off, I'd like to seriously sit down and discuss, uh, you know, getting out and playing, live electric shows again because i haven't done it in god two years actually th uh, three years 2019 right before covid right so, and it kind of threw a kink in everybody and the band that you've got with you that, that tours with ace i got a chance to sit with ace this year those guys are just talented beyond belief as well and got to bring life into you gosh it'd be fun if you and ace could do some shows together with those guys just do a double bill that'd be awesome yeah it'd be killer i'd, I'd love that but you know, we'll see how it plays out. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> honestly, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, you know, spur of the moment, man. It's like, you know, and not to sound weird, you don't even know if you're going to wake up in the morning when you go to bed the night before. So right. it's like, it's kind of, you know, right now is right now. You know, I'm actually after these interviews, I'm heading up to uh, Ohio and Indiana. I got a couple more acoustic shows. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I, I would like to start doing some electric shows and kind of crank it up again and, and, uh, get out there and have some fun. Well, the, the demand is there for sure. Again, the, the, the book horseshoes and hand grenades, there'll be a link in our show notes to go get that book. Uh, I have a couple more questions for you that, that I, I want to get to, um, in terms of like your daily grind. And if you can call it that where, I mean, do you enjoy the songwriting process, the recording, touring, or is all of that grind just part of what you love? I, I'm just curious. What, what would you consider yourself first? Um, well, look, at, at the end of the day, I consider myself, you know, some may argue, but I consider myself a musician. Um, I don't like, I don't like boxes this is why I did the acoustic record first. Um, I just kind of wanted, and not that I'm, th this is going to sound weird, but I kind of wanted to remove myself from being, you know, the Motley singer. I wanted to do something completely left field to open myself up for new, exciting things. Um, but there it's, it, being a musician, there's a, it's like a twofold razor, you know, like 
I love being in the studio and having a riff and watching how it develops into the final product, the song. So there's, there's something really awesome about that, like sitting back and hearing the finished product and, and, and patting yourself on the back on, I made this, I created this, these right. lyrics, the music. So there's something really rewarding about that. But there's also something really rewarding about standing on stage and looking at the audience sing those lyrics right back to you. Um, so for me, it's like all encompassing. I do have to admit, the older I get, um, it's not the actual hour and a half that I'm on stage that it's the it's the lead up, like the traveling, it's getting a little harder. Um, you know, so I'm not, again, I'm not 25, 30 years old anymore. So I have to, I kind of have to learn to pace myself as I get older, but I love, I love all of it. I love all aspects of it. The only thing I don't like about the music business is the boxes. And it's like, you know, oh, you're a heavy metal singer or you're, you know, acoustic rock or, you know, whatever. It's like, dude, I'm just a musician. I like everything. Um, right. The old saying, there's only two kinds of music, good and bad. Um, yeah. I, and, and I grew up, listen, man, I grew up in the seventies where it wasn't unusual to go see Black Sabbath, Zeppelin, or Grand Funk, and then turn around and go see somebody like Jethro Tull or Yes, or right. Joan or James Taylor, um, Seals and Crofts, you know what I mean? So I, I just, I, I just want to be known as a musician, somebody that's capable of doing whatever he sets his mind to, um, you know? That's the only thing I don't like about the music industry is the boxes that they really try and put artists in. Well, you released a single, Your Own Worst Enemy, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I love the sound. Your voice sounds great. What do you what do you do to hold that up? I mean, you, you say you're 63 years old and, and you've been exercising that voice for well, as long as you've been playing. What, what do you do? What's your secret fountain of youth? Honestly, I just try not to you know, like on show days, I'm like, I don't like talking a lot before the show because it kind of wears you out. Um, I don't, I'm not an excessive drinker. I like having, you know, friends over maybe for a football game or something like that. I'll have a, a couple of drinks, but I really just try to take care of myself. I, I, I try to do like some warm-ups, I don't know a lot of warm-ups. I've never really been schooled vocally. Um, so I just, you know, try to make sure I get a lot, enough sleep. I eat properly, um, move around a little bit, like exercise-wise. And I just, I don't drink before a show. Um, and I just try to take care of myself up until the minute I open my mouth. Afterwards... I have no issues once the show's done. I'll go sit at the bar. I'll have a cocktail. I'll sign autographs. I'll talk with some people to a degree. And then I go and I just get rest again, you know? So I've never really been an excessive, excessive with anything. So I think that's kind of the, you know, you see a lot of these guys that are, um, you know, uh, uh, and then there's the, then there's the rarity like Steven Tyler who 
is excessive with everything and he's right. still as great as he did you know or better than he did when he first started out but uh, again even steven tyler he'll do one show and then take a day or two off um instead of doing five six seven shows in a row so he's even adjusted his schedule accordingly um, uh, but it's just being smart man that's all well, what you've done with, with your mouth and voice, to go back to that, is incredible. And what you've been able to do with putting a pen on paper and horseshoes and hand grenades is great, too. Links to that will be in our show notes. John, I thank you for taking 25 minutes out of your, your busy, crazy day to jump on this show. And uh, I wish you the best, man. I can't wait to see an electric show. Yeah, I can't wait to do one either. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. I couldn't thank Mr. Krabi enough for jumping on the show and talking to us about his new book. John's attitude, or MO as he described it, is something that everyone can learn from. He mentions that he has had no bad blood with anyone he's ever worked or been involved with and felt that going through the experiences of his life was a therapeutic experience. And that attitude is not something we just need more of in the entertainment industry, but in the world today. Go check out John's book by clicking in the show notes. Follow John on social media. He's an active poster. Go check him out on Spotify. Go follow him everywhere you can. And while you're there, go follow and like this show while you're there. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. We would really appreciate it. Take your good time with you. We'll be back next time with another great guest.